The Guardian blocked yesterday's video. They banned you from viewing it. And they did this at around 2 a.m. local time for me, so I didn't see it for hours. Now, luckily, I've been able to handle the situation, but not before it did irreparable damage to that. And so I mentioned this because if you missed yesterday's show or you tried to watch it and it was blocked, it'll be one of the top links in the description, or you can go to youtube.com slash DeFranco and click it. But also because I wanted to take the time this morning to address whichever fucking gremlin or gremlins over at The Guardian decided to do this because it does look like it was done manually. I wanted to say to you, suck my dick from the back. I am gonna get a hall pass for my wife and fuck all your mothers. That way, both of you can call me daddy. She, because I'm a giving lover, and you, because I absolutely destroy the fucking Guardian and every digital video platform that matters. At this point, it doesn't even matter if you did what you did because of ignorance or idiocy or you were trying to hurt a competitor. But now it brings me so much joy to find out this morning that on YouTube, you get 7 million views a month. Whereas this fucking idiot in his guest room, on this channel, we got 24 million. On the second channel, we got 37 million. On TikTok, God, I really hope you don't spend much money on TikTok. You get 9,000 views a video. We get 100 million a month. And I try not to be someone that boasts 99% of the time, but when you do something that fucks with me and my audience, I will use that and hammer it on your fucking head. Anyway, I just need to get that poison out of my head. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button as a, as a, as a button to say, fuck you, Guardian. Let's just jump into it. In what the actual fuck news, we had a woman in Pasadena, California being arrested for attacking her neighbor's house with a pickaxe. You know, a totally super normal story. Reportedly, the owner of the house got a security alert while he was at work. And when he looks, he sees a woman smashing the windows of his home. And it's not like the house was empty. In the house was his mother-in-law with his newborn daughter. Now, luckily, as the woman began attacking the house, the grandmother was very quick, grabbed the baby from her bassinet by the window and rushed her to safety. And the owner of the house saying, The glass shards from these giant windows were literally double her size, right in her bassinet where my daughter was laying. If she was five seconds late, my daughter would no longer be with us. So that absolute bamf of a grandma saving that baby. And as far as the other woman, when she was done smashing the window, she reportedly walked away with her pickaxe across her shoulder saying, I'll be back. I'll be back. But luckily, a few hours later, she was arrested by the police and booked for vandalism. With the authorities saying this woman was having a mental health crisis. And you know, this affected family, they just moved into this house a couple of months ago. And of course, this has done serious damage to their peace of mind. My wife, my kid can't even come home. They're terrified they don't want to come home. And then, yo, we got it all wrong about Kanye. You know, we got all offended about the anti-Semitic stuff. People were laughing at Ye for getting escorted out of the Skechers office yesterday. But one brave soul took the time the other day to explain We've got it all wrong about Kanye. And rather than just explain what she said, I'll let you hear it from the horse's mouth. How do I explain this? What I'm gonna say is either gonna go right over your head or you're gonna get it. Kanye West is here to fulfill a divine prophecy. Kanye West is using his vessel to channel the gospel of Jesus Christ in his soul's mission. When he's speaking of the Jews and Judaism, he's speaking at it from a biblical standpoint. Kanye has achieved Christ consciousness. He's had his Kundalini awakening. He's, he's connected. He's divinely connected. Along with my belief, I believe that I am Jesus. He believes that he is Jesus. He believes that he is God. He believes he is unified with all that is. Yeah, the rational right in front of us explanation. She is Jesus. He is God. Stop being so short-sighted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I hate everything. The world was just so much more peaceful for me before I could see into every fucking corner of crazy. Like y'all, do you understand how disconnected from reality and decency you need to be for Casey Neistat to put out a video speaking out against you? You made the man sing song Kanye lyrics. I hate that I have to make this video. I don't want to make this video. I want to make another fun, goofy little video about how much I love New York City. It's all hate speech. And what that kind of hate speech does 
when communicated by someone of his stature with his bully pulpit, it tells other people, other people of compromised integrity, not people like you or me, people who are harboring prejudiceness of their own. It gives them permission to also get out there and spread hate. And then in what I expect to be the final chapter of the, this Taylor Swift drama controversy and backlash, it's now being reported that the anti-hero music video has been edited on Apple Music and YouTube to remove the moment where you see fat on the scale. This in general seems to have been received very positively by those that were not happy about seeing it. The new edit staying on a wide shot with people pointing to that and saying, see, she still got the same message across without the, uh, the word fat. But now you also have a different group of people online being more actively vocal about being pissed off about the edit. Fans sharing a surface clip where she's talking about her eating disorder and this generating responses that have gotten a lot of support like I'm really upset about the anti-hero music video being edited it was clearly art that spoke to so many of us and I feel so bad that Taylor felt bad enough that she felt like she had to change it I hope she knows we appreciate her art and accept her struggles without judgment as well as everyone experiences their EDs in different ways and to shame her by dictating how a word can be used is dismissing her struggles it's cruel and unfair especially considering she spent basically her whole adult life in an industry that places incredible pressure on body image and so with this I imagine final update I want to know your thoughts about Taylor Swift editing the video. Are you happy to see it? Are you sad to see it? Do you not care? And possibly the more important question is, why do you think she did it? Or do you think like the public responses we saw made her go, oh, you know what? I'm in the wrong. I'm going to change this. Or do you think she saw this and she was like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this backlash. Just edit it. Or is there maybe a different mindset around it? Any and all thoughts you have on this? Let me know down below. And then, you know, it's really annoying how companies collect, aggregate, and trade your personal information without you knowing it. Data brokers, marketing brokers, financial information brokers, they all sell what they have on you to third parties or they use it for themselves. And the process of deleting the information, it feels like a job that never ends, but the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Incogni, will do it for you. Right recently, I went to buy something online and they asked for my email address and phone number, and I instantly know they're gonna put that information into their direct marketing base. Or I mean, people finding your home address, info like your name, email, home address, social security number gets collected and sold over and over again. It can all feel out of control, so enlisting Incogni to take on the process of removing your data off the market just makes sense. So go to incogni.com slash DeFranco, and the first 100 people to use code DeFranco will get 20 20% off of Incogni. Limit access to your private information, steer clear of identity theft, and keep your data from being sold. That's incogni.com slash DeFranco and use code DeFranco to get your personal data off the market. And then, your turkey next month is probably going to be more expensive. And it's not for the reason that you would think, right? You think inflation, you think, oh, is it a supply chain issue? No, turns out it's because of the avian flu. Reportedly, around 44.6 million birds have died from the virus, and of those, 6 million were turkeys. It's believed that by the end of the year, this is going to be the worst animal health event in the history of the U.S. And it was just sad to see so many birds die before we got the chance to murder them like God intended. But yeah, the key things here, one, you're very likely going to be paying more for your Thanksgiving turkey if you buy one. And two, there is a concern that this may be a problem moving forward. With the chief veterinarian for the agriculture department believing the virus will continue to infect wild birds and will bring an elevated risk to domestic birds, especially during migration seasons. And then, let that sink in, is uh, something Elon Musk said and memed as he entered Twitter HQ as, a uh, you know, according to his new Twitter bio, the chief twit, which I mean, some could take is just like one of his other stunts on Twitter. But very important to note, that is not the only sign that his Twitter deal is actually going to go through before tomorrow's deadline. Or the banks backing his deal have reportedly begun to transfer $13 billion in cash. And on top of that, other investors like Sequoia Capital, Binance, and Qatar Investment Authority have received the necessary paperwork from Musk's lawyers for the deal to go through. So it's looking like Twitter's efforts to hold Musk to his $44 billion deal have paid off. Now, as far as the market's reaction to this news, really not much happening. It bumped it up about one 
1% to just under $54. But if you are someone that managed to ride the way properly, you bought the stock in July, you're probably a happy boy or girl right now because the stock has surged nearly 65% since then. Right now, it's expected to be unlikely for the price to change even more since Musk is buying it at $54.20 a share. Not to mention the fact that the New York Stock Exchange is halting all trades for Twitter stock tomorrow. And from there, we just need to wait and see what the fuck this looks like. Or will he follow through on a threat to lay off 75% of the staff, although he has told Twitter that it wouldn't actually be that many people. Also, of note there regarding layoffs, a key thing to note is that internal documents actually showed that the company was already planning a shocking 25% reduction in staff. And then, of course, one of the biggest questions, how is the platform actually going to be run? In a tweet this morning, we saw Musk emphasizing that he wanted to get rid of spam ads and focus on targeted ones. He also touched on how users would be affected, saying that Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. He also added he wanted people to be able to engage in the type of content that's most relevant to them, which, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Right, that kind of feels like the difference between uh, YouTube and TikTok versus like Meta and Instagram. With those latter two, it really feels like not trying to engage me with content that I actually like, but more things that they're getting paid to show me. Which I mean, is part of the reason I haven't used Facebook in forever and I use Instagram less and less these days. But hey, as we wait to see what an Elon-run Twitter is going to look like, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. And then Meta is having a horrific week and I mean, it could die. Like there is no shortage of bad news for Meta and definitely real person, not lizard person, Mark Zuckerberg. Right, first off, we saw things like a judge in Washington state slapping the company with a $24.7 million fine after finding that it intentionally violated the state's campaign finance disclosure laws. With the Washington state attorney general describing it as the largest campaign finance penalty anywhere in the country ever, which appears to be because the judge said they violated the law 822 times with each count carrying a maximum fine of $30,000. With a specific law that they violated being Washington's Fair Campaign Practices Act, which was passed back in 1972. And under that law, entities that sell political ads are required to make certain information public, including the names and addresses of ad buyers, the targets of the ads, how the ads were financed, and the total number of views. And while everyone else has complied with this law since the 70s, uh, Meta said, hey, this is virtually impossible to fully comply with. And very notably, this is actually the second time the company has been sued for violating this law with it previously agreeing to pay $238,000 as part of a settlement in 2018. But all of that, I mean, it, it's kind of pocket change for Meta, right? Where Meta really starts to bleed is that the company reported a 50% drop in profits for the third quarter of 2022. And a key thing here is that this follows a recent trend in Meta's financial trouble. Its earnings have continued to suffer from Zuckerberg's massive spending on the metaverse, slowing ad sales, and fierce competition from platforms like TikTok. And all of this is happening relatively fast for Meta. It wasn't until back in July where they posted their first ever sales decline since becoming a public company. And with being a public company, the market giveth and the market taketh away, with Meta stock having absolutely nosedived over 60% this year. And Zuck essentially got drop kicked in the balls yesterday, with the market responding to the news of lower profits by sending the stock down nearly 20%. But apparently, Zuckerberg is staying strong, with him reportedly asserting on the call with analysts yesterday that people will look back decades from now and talk about the importance of the work that was done here in regards to the metaverse and VR. And hey, time will tell. Is Zuck right or is Zuck wrong? In 20 years, are we going to look back to videos from this time and it'll look like uh, when the internet was first starting to come out and people were like, the internet? Why wouldn't I just mail a letter? Or will Zuckerberg just be a punchline in history? And that is where that story in today's show ends. Thank you for watching, liking, subscribing. Fuck the Guardian. Uh, <laughs> my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you Sunday with a brand new uh, wrap up of the news.